Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series. Episode 16, Development Practitioners in International NGOs. In many respects, NGOs structure the roles within its practitioners between development professionals, represented by the technical program staff located in the support offices and global or national head offices, and community practitioners located at the program unit offices in districts where they implement community development projects. Each operate in very different arenas that serve to reinforce their separateness and ability to exert influence. Professionals practice at a global level, often traveling across national boundaries in their work and applying their expertise in specialist forums and processes within their organization. NGO program experts are responsible for a range of program development and policy functions, including establishing program strategy priorities, policy positions, and programmatic standards and approaches. Given their global scale, international NGOs have surprisingly few experts in this category. A few hundred professional development staff spread across many field or country offices. As a result, this group has become disproportionately influential over international NGOs' development orientation and practice. Small cliques of the same experts lead and participate in strategy processes and technical groups across a range of issues and themes. The world of the development professional in an international NGO is one of a succession of meetings and assignments, through which the individual and their associated office generate recognition and status. Invariably, these are transnational and global in scope and are enacted through documented expressions of expertise in the form of project documentation, standards, policies and training materials. Political development issues are not the domain of the expert and very little of the content of the role is engaged with strategy orientation or political positioning. And, where it may be, the resolution is through incorporation into technical processes or documentation. The segregation of expertise is entrenched by spatial and cultural attributes. Most international experts are from the North and have gained academic qualifications in institutions based in the North and have not lived or worked in developing country environments for extended periods of time. In addition, the strategy and technical groups where they apply most of their expertise do not include country-based community development practitioners. These participate in broader, separate community of practice networks that are focused on the transmission of strategy and technical standards into applied practice. As a result, global and transnational development practice is almost entirely within the domain of the expert professionals in international NGOs. Within country operations, international NGO staffing consists of four broad categories. Senior management, comprising a country leadership team based at the national head office. Operations staff, largely based in the national head office. Program technical experts, also based at the national head office and program staff based in the field of program offices. Given their expert status, program staff at the national head office can be considered development professionals. And while they may engage communities and stakeholders in the course of their work, they are primarily responsible for liaison with external stakeholders. These include technical experts and professionals from other NGO offices or contracted consultants and donors. This role positions them as intermediaries between the external development world and the NGO fellow field program staff based in field offices. 
thereby differentiating them from the construct of the community practitioner. Within the field staff, it is the community development facilitators that are effectively the face of the NGO at community level and who are responsible for program implementation and community management. The number of community development facilitators employed in a field office depends on the scale of projects or numbers of sponsored children or beneficiaries. They are assigned to specific geographic localities where projects are implemented or where sponsored children and their families reside. The role of the community development facilitator is twofold. On the one hand, they are responsible for ensuring that project activities planned to take place in the area of responsibility are arranged with local actors, including government, partner and community representatives. On the other, they are responsible for managing community relationships that often involve coordination of community volunteers, liaison with sponsored children, and their families, maintenance of sponsorship records, and production of sponsorship communications in their assigned area. The community development facilitators are distinct from the development professional in that they do not demonstrate the accepted level technical skills and capacity for expert status. Lower formal qualification requirements and associated remuneration levels reinforce their hierarchical status, while their role definition restricts their authoritative scope. Community development facilitators represent the lowest level of program implementation staff in the NGO. There is, however, another category of practitioner that connects the community development facilitator to the community. Community volunteers. International NGOs view the inclusion of volunteers from target communities as essential to their operations and presence, justifying investment in their training in terms of future unfunded benefit. As one NGO leader described it, one of our aims is that they will later perform workshops by their own and they replicate what they have learned among their communities. Volunteers offer the potential for multiplying the number of households participating in the development or sponsorship program by functioning as the interface for communication and data extraction activity, including photography and household surveys. Generally, volunteers reside in the targeted program area and are available for assignment to activities on a regular basis for which they are not paid. Utilising volunteers as part of its operating model, the international NGO derives both operating and managerial benefit. Logistically, volunteers based in targeted program areas offer the potential to maintain continuous communication and activity schedules without incurring significant costs. At a country level, the financial benefits of utilising unpaid community volunteers is significant, often running to millions of dollars. It is important that these community practitioners are simultaneously defined as unpaid volunteers, distinct from paid representatives, while at the same time closely associated with the NGO operations. These are often formalised in the form of cooperation agreements established with both community representative structures and local governments. These are non-binding but formulated in a way to convey pseudo-legality. They also serve the purpose of circumventing compliance risks presented by labour regulation. These agreements are the key instrument for developmentalist exploitation of unpaid labour, where the volunteer is determined as without pecuniary interest. As one NGO states in its operations manual, the person without a relationship of labour and non-profit who in a disinterested manner and without a salary or remuneration performs voluntary activities of social action and development for the public interest.
Volunteers can also play an important political role in reproducing and sustaining the NGO's future presence. By instituting a formal selection and recruitment process that involves nominations and approval by the broader group, the NGO creates a pseudo-formality to this relationship that appeared to confer heightened status on successful candidates. As an effect of their enhanced status and visibility and the patronage of a powerful NGO, volunteers develop an advantage in seeking future political roles at local level. Once they prove successful in this endeavour, the NGO anticipates political benefits as a return on the cultivation of these individual relationships. Empowerment in this sense is the ability of the individual to advance their positioning in a political arena without the NGO's complicity, but for which it can extract direct benefit. In some NGOs, community volunteerism is highly gendered, with an average three-quarters of volunteers being women. At a rhetorical level, the NGO presence this is positively aligned with its focus on gender equality. But closer examination clearly demonstrates that NGOs draw upon and reinforce gender disparity in roles. And the entrepreneurial potentiality of women in its general outlook on women in target communities. This is because women in rural communities normally stay home or have small businesses in the same community. One NGO states in its operations manual. By doing so, NGOs confirm the inherent neoliberal gender essentialism in their narrative and outlook. The NGO's emphasis on an approach to volunteers at local levels offers opportunity to resolve governmentality through both discursive coherence and managerial control. The construct of the volunteer as the ethically good, altruistic representative of the community constitutes an advantageous dual identity. They are both part of the community and hence themselves beneficiaries of the development exercise, while also working for the community through the NGO and subjecting themselves to the managerial controls over this role. The community has been rendered manageable by extension. Moreover, volunteerism offers an important legitimizing device for an NGO shift from service provision to norm transfer. Volunteers have exercised free choice to undertake action of their own accord and have chosen to serve the NGO without payment. Are they doing so? The NGO is able to circumvent the challenge of bridging the divide between its professional staff and community functionaries, and at the same time address neoliberal concerns to transfer responsibility for development progress to the community itself. Volunteers thus become representative of the community helping itself to resolve its undeveloped status. In their communications, NGOs often position their own ethical worthiness intrinsically with the inherent moral incentive of these volunteers to serve their communities. By doing so, the NGO can justify its role as a legitimate external agent, while also presenting itself as a support to the valorized community representative. Moreover, these volunteers are ascribed expectations to become a social actor, an agent of change, or citizen who exercise their rights, acting in their own well-being and for their community, and attributed personal characteristics of commitment, solidarity, goodwill, integral vision and availability to work in development activities. A volunteer has become the proxy for the community group itself, and the NGO's empowerment of these individuals can stand as proxy for empowerment of the broader community. Planet Worker, a world in development. Oh.